This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the LJS Podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. If you get value out of today's episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation at learnjazzstandards.com slash support. We appreciate your help. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Brent. Welcome to the LGS Podcast, where today you're listening to episode 30. Episode 30. And today I'm going to be talking about five jazz solos you should learn and why. You know, I always celebrate just a little bit when we get to another interval of, of 10 episodes on this show. Uh, the LGS Podcast been going strong for 30 episodes. We don't plan on stopping anytime soon. If you're enjoying this show, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, we want to hear from you. So if you're on the website, go to the comment section below and, and give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about the show. And of course, as always, if you have any questions, any jazz questions, you can go ahead and, and contact us at any time. Uh, and, and maybe you want to hear something on the show that we haven't done yet. Maybe uh, you're interested in, in hearing about a topic or learning about something specific. We'd love to hear from you, as always. So Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear on the LGS podcast. Okay, so today's topic is five jazz solos you should learn and why. And, and before we jump into what those five jazz solos are, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of learning jazz solos and why we do that as jazz musicians. I have talked about that a lot before on this podcast, but I want to reiterate it again because learning jazz solos, mimicking the greats, mimicking great jazz musicians is incredibly important to becoming a better jazz musician because it's all about learning jazz language. It's all about learning jazz language. We need to be learning this language. And, and one of the most important things about learning a new language, whether you're, you're learning uh, English for the first time, whether you're learning Spanish, Chinese, Greek, it really doesn't matter. You have to be mimicking that language. You have to be immersed with people that speak that language, native speakers of the language, listening to them speak and mimicking what they're speaking back. In jazz and music, it's it's a language. It's really no different from a language. It's not like a language. Jazz is a language. Music is a language. So we need to be doing the exact same thing. We need to be listening to lots of jazz music. We need to be finding musicians that we really respect, admire, and like their style, and trying to figure out what are they actually doing and translating that music onto your instrument, learning how to play it so you can take some of their vocabulary and claim it as yours and then turn it into something that's truly original to you because no one will play the exact same pieces of information the same way. 
Uh, that's something that I really like about jazz is as hard as you try to sound like another musician. I mean, you might, you know, someone might say, yeah, you kind of sound a little bit like so-and-so or so-and-so. But at the end of the day, it's going to be uniquely yours. And so uh, th- th- this is a big part of learning jazz languages is learning it, but then turning it into something truly original to you and adapting it into your own style of speaking the language. So we need to be learning solos by ear, not not just reading off of a page, because by ear, we're developing our ear. We're really internalizing that information so much better when we're learning it by ear. So that's very important. I always make that point to learn musical information by ear before you learn it off of a page. Both are valuable, but especially for jazz, we want to be learning jazz solos by ear as much as possible. Okay, now the more... We learn solos by the greats by, by, by just sitting down with the recordings, taking the time, learning it by ear, and then translating it to our instrument. The better we're going to get at speaking jazz language, the more natural this language will come to us. So if I were to say, what is one of the most important practices you can do as a jazz musician? Learning jazz solos by ear is definitely up in, in the top five, top, top five, top ten that you should definitely be doing. So... In an effort to help you with that today, I'm going to list off five really great jazz solos that I would suggest to learn. Because a lot of times I get uh, questions from listeners, um, from viewers of the blog and listeners of the podcast, asking, well, you know, there's just so much out there. What should I learn? Well, learn things that you like, like I just mentioned before. Learn jazz solos that are attractive to you. But of course, there's some that, you know, just happen to teach us specific things or happen to be accessible in a certain ways that others aren't. So, Today, I'm just going to be answering that question for those who have asked before and, you know, listing off five solos that are great ones to learn, good ones to access, a great jazz language, and this should help you get started in case you're not sure what jazz solo to learn. So, without further ado, let's just jump in and look into these five jazz solos. So the first jazz solo I want to suggest to you comes from that famous Miles Davis album, Kind of Blue. That album that everybody knows, it's a revered album, and every jazz musician should really listen to it just because it's historical, and it's got a lot of really good stuff in it. That's Kind of Blue, like I said, And, and the solo that I really suggest learning, and in fact, I suggest this solo to pretty much all of my students, any student that studies with me, I always tell them to learn this solo, and that is Miles Davis's solo on Freddie Freeloader, okay, the track Freddie Freeloader. Now, I want to let you know, too, that in all the show notes today, if you're on the website, I'm going to have a YouTube video of the solo that I'm referring to and the time the solo starts, so you can check that out there Uh, I'm not going to play a piece of the solo or the solo in the show, in the podcast, but if you check out the show notes, you'll be able to see all of that. So if you're not on the website, if you're listening on iTunes, YouTube, or anywhere else, go to learnjazzstandards.com, and then in the top menu, click podcast and find this episode number 30, and you'll find all that in the show notes. Okay, so Miles Davis' solo on Freddie Freeloader. Why do I tell all my students to learn this one? Well, first of all, it's really accessible. In other words, it's not very technically difficult to play. It's not very fast. Uh, It doesn't have a lot of subdivision in it. It's fairly straightforward 
easy to play. So it's not going to be challenging for for very many skill levels of players. Uh, It's not going to be something that's going to hold someone back from actually being able to accomplish that. Uh, A lot of jazz solos sometimes are just a little uh, too complicated or they go by too quickly. There's too many subdivisions for people to pick up by ear. But this one is really easy to learn by ear. It's really easy to translate onto your instrument. And so I like it for that reason, first of all, is that it's accessible by everybody. Now, the second reason that I really like this solo is it has so much amazing melodic information in it. It's amazing melodic information. Miles Davis plays incredible melodies, and and really I would suggest any Miles Davis solo because Miles Davis really tends to uh, not overcomplicate things. He just creates really beautiful melodies, and there's so much we can learn from that melodic content that he's creating. Now, the third reason I really like this solo is because Freddie Freeloader... This song is a blues, essentially. There's a little bit of a slight different change uh, at the end, at the last couple bars, but it's a blues, really, and so another, you're able to learn how to play blues language, essentially, uh, over top of the form. And not, not necessarily blues, bluesy language, but it's over a blues form, and, and just seeing how Miles Davis actually creates melody over top that is incredibly insightful in and of itself. So love this solo because it's accessible. It's not hard to play. It has this this blues form in it that you're able to practice, that you're able to utilize. And it's also just great for melodic content, melodic information. So Freddie Freeler, Miles Davis, check it out. Really great solo to learn. All right, so the second jazz solo I want to suggest to you is one that you, when I say the name of the musician, and if you're familiar with him, you'll probably be surprised that I'm suggesting it, but it's a John Coltrane solo, believe it or not. Now, John Coltrane, when people think about John Coltrane, they often think about angular melodies and and intensity and virtuosity and how would I ever be able to mimic John Coltrane, especially if you're not a saxophone player, you probably are thinking that. Well, how, how is it even possible I can do that? And if you are a saxophone player, you're still thinking that. Uh, but this John Coltrane solo, in my opinion, is actually one of his more accessible solos, but it's also an amazing solo. And this is his solo on My Shining Hour, okay? It comes off of that album of his from 1961, Coltrane Jazz. If you haven't heard that uh, album, it's called Coltrane Jazz 1961, and it's a really great album to check out. But I really, really like this solo that he takes on My Shining Hour, and I personally, myself, have have learned it. I was actually studying with, uh, well, I took a lesson from John Patitucci, the bassist John Patitucci. I'm sure you're familiar And uh, I had heard this solo that week, and I was like, wow, I should learn this solo. Went to John Patitucci's house to take a lesson, and at the end of the lesson, he was like, you know, a really good solo you should check out is uh, Miles Davis, John Coltrane's solo on My Shining Hour. And I was like, I was just listening to that solo today. He's like, oh, no, yeah, you should learn that solo because, you know, it's not actually that hard to learn, but it's really good, like really good jazz language. And so, of course, John Patitucci, you know, kind of sealed the deal for me. He said, you should do it. So I thought, well, if John Patitucci is telling me to do it, I should do it. Well, I took it all a little bit, maybe too seriously. Uh, I delved into that solo like like nothing else. Like I would listen to that solo on repeat. Like I actually like edited a track so that it was just his solo and I would put it on repeat so that I just had this so sunken into my memory. I'd walk down the street, I'd take the subways, I would go everywhere listening to this solo. 
And I actually learned how to play the entire solo on my instrument. I could play along with the recording. Not only that, I took the first chorus of this solo into all 12 keys. I kind of obsessed over this solo. And so I don't think you should necessarily do that. I think I went a little overboard and, you know, got a little too obsessive about it. But I definitely learned that solo really well. And I would say it's a great solo to learn. So much good stuff in there. Lots of beautiful uh, melodies in there. Uh, it's, of course, you know, you get some of John Coltrane's style in there. That's the other thing I like is if you really like John Coltrane, which a lot of people do, you get a little bit of his style in there if you really practice it. And, of course, My Shining Hour is a great song because it has a lot of really uh, common chord progressions and jazz standards, like one six two fives and then minor two five ones to the relative minor and things like this where you really get the opportunity to learn some language over top of those chord changes. So, uh John Coltrane on My Shining Hour. That's a really, really great one to learn. Okay, the next one. The next one. Um, it's on uh, Someday My Prince Will Come, that album, that Miles Davis album. This is why I keep saying Miles Davis is because there's so much Miles Davis on this uh, in this episode already. So, But Miles Davis' album, Someday My Prince Will Come. Uh, that album, by the way, released in 1961. Great album. It's one of my favorites because it has uh, basically like the kind of blue band. So it's got Cannonball Adderley. It's got uh, John Coltrane. It's got um, Miles Davis on there. Um, and actually also has another saxophone player, Hank Mobley, if you're not familiar. And Hank Mobley is the solo that I want to focus on with Someday My Prince Will Come. Uh, this is a really good solo. Hank Mobley is just a really beautiful, melodic player. Again, he's not too complicated. It's a very accessible solo. All the solos I'm picking are somewhat accessible. Um, and I think that's important that, you know, you're able to actually play language and internalize language that um, is not overly difficult because I find that language tends to stick better in your memory. So this Hank Mobley solo is, is a great one to learn. Again, in the show notes, I'll have when that, that solo starts in the song, uh, and you can check that out. Um, the reason I like this solo is, first of all, Someday My Prince Will Come. It's a waltz, so it's uh, a song in a 3-4. So this gives you the opportunity to practice playing over a 3-4 song, practice some jazz language over a 3-4, because, of course, you know, it's not the same as practicing uh, or playing jazz language in 4-4. You have to phrase differently. And so this is really cool to see how Hank Mobley uh, phrases over top of this song. Um, of course, the, the, the harmonic structure of Someday My Prince Will Come is also really great. Uh, it has some unexpected turns in there, but it also is very common uh, harmonic jazz movement. So that's a, a great reason to learn it. And then again, Hank Mobley, super melodic, very accessible. So this is a great solo to learn. Uh, Someday My Prince Will Come, the Miles Davis album, and the track Someday My Prince Will Come, Hank Mobley's solo. I'll have that in the show notes so that you can check that out. Right, for solo that I think you should learn, it's by Sonny Rollins, okay? Sonny Rollins, everybody knows, everybody loves Sonny Rollins, and it's also off his beloved tune, St. Thomas, which comes from his album, his 1956 album, Saxophone 
Colossus. Now, why do I suggest this solo? This one is actually, in my opinion, a little bit more difficult than the ones that I've mentioned so far. And a big part of that is because it's very rhythmic, especially the especially the first part of the solo. It's very rhythmic. So it actually takes some uh, work, some listening to really be able to memorize what his rhythms are that he's playing. And if you go on the show notes and you listen to this solo, you'll hear what I'm talking about, or maybe you're familiar with it already. So it's very rhythmic, but I think that's a very important thing uh, to incorporate into your playing. A lot of times in Western music, we forget about rhythm too much. It's just not something that we're always thinking about. We think so much about harmony and melodies, but sometimes we forget about rhythm and we don't really pay as much attention to that. So I think for that reason, this is a great solo to learn because uh, Sonny really has some really interesting melodies, uh, rhythms rather, that he's playing throughout his solo, but also melodies. He's also playing some really good melodic content, some amazing jazz language throughout the song. The Harmony to St. Thomas, if you're familiar, it's very, very typical, uh, 1625, uh, 3625 kind of stuff. Very normal harmony, not very difficult at all. So it's great information, jazz language to learn over top of this harmonic progression. But definitely great language, great jazz language, Sonny Rollins style, uh, just an excellent guy to be checking out anyways, but also great rhythmic content. And so for that reason, I think this solo is a good one to learn. And it's a lot of fun to play. It's really a fun solo to play. So uh, this is a great one. Sonny Rollins solo on St. Thomas from the 1956 album Saxophone Colossus. Be sure to check that one out. Now, the last solo that I want to uh, suggest to you today comes from an artist who also is fairly well known in the saxophone arena. And he's, uh, he's just always a guy to look for for just some really straight ahead, good jazz language, big, fat, full sound uh, just a pleasure to listen to, in my opinion, and that's Dexter Gordon. Okay, Dexter Gordon. Now, of course, lots of people suggest Dexter Gordon solos and listen to Dexter Gordon for this and listen to him for that. Actually, the recording that I'm referring to for today's solo, I don't hear a lot of people talking about, uh, actually, um, which is interesting to me, and that's probably because it's a little bit of a later album. Uh, this this solo, it's from a song off the album Biting the Apple from 19. 19- 76. I would definitely encourage you to check out that album. It's such a great album. Lots of great stuff on there. I believe Barry Harris is on that album. Um, and so Dexter Gordon, uh, he's playing very simply, uh, just eighth notes in this particular solo. This is off of the song Apple Jump. Now, Apple Jump is really an F rhythm changes. Uh, so not a, normally it's a B-flat rhythm changes. That's kind of the common key for rhythm changes. Well, this one's in the key of F. So that's an interesting study in it of itself is just being able to learn how to play rhythm changes well in the key of F, uh, which learning to play popular chord progressions in other keys is always a good idea. Always a good idea. So there's that. It's a rhythm changes, one of the most common, uh, you know, song forms in jazz to really know really well. So you're learning how to play great language over rhythm changes. But also, like I said, Dexter Gordon, he plays very simply. He really hardly at all ventures out from just eighth notes. And best yet, it's a medium tempo on this rhythm changes. Sometimes rhythm changes is played at very fast tempos. No, this one's played right at a medium tempo. Uh, Dexter Gordon is just playing eighth notes and it's really simple good 
jazz language. So in his solo, it really stretches out for a really, really long time. I I almost wouldn't suggest learning the entire solo. It'd just be a little too much. Um, But what I've done on this solo is I've just taken, uh, you know, two or three choruses and just kind of learned those choruses, kind of found the choruses that I liked the most, which I would suggest you do as well, is just listen to it and say, well, which choruses really stick out to me the best? I think I just learned the first two or three choruses of this solo and really, uh, you know, learned the language and dived into it. So I would just do that, is just pick apart some choruses of this solo and learn it because it's really good jazz language, very straight ahead, not complicated. Um, And again, very accessible solo, you know, something you can really take home with you. It's not something that, you know, you'll learn it and work on it for hours and hours and hours and, you know, then still forget it later just because it's so technically difficult. No, it's it's actually very accessible and and really good jazz language over an F rhythm changes. So in my opinion, really a perfect solo to learn uh, or at least part of the solo to learn. And again, that's Dexter Gordon's solo on Apple Jump. It's from his 1976 album, Biting the Apple. Not a song I hear a lot about. And people don't necessarily, when they think of Dexter Gordon, maybe think about this album as much uh, or think about even this song. I do. I think this is a great one to learn. So be sure to check out this one, Dexter Gordon's Apple Jump Solo. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And if you have any jazz solos that you really like and you want to suggest to the jazz community that we have here, then go ahead and leave a comment in the comment section below if you're on the website. We'd love to share those solos with each other just so we can all learn we can all discover new solos together so you know don't just take it from me i want to hear from you so be sure to leave a comment with your favorite solos the ones that you suggest to learn in the comment section below and remember if you got some value out of today's podcast episode consider adding value back this podcast it's 100 percent supported by listeners like you so if you've enjoyed and gotten something out of today Consider leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation by clicking the support button if you're on the website or going to learnjazzstandards.com slash support and helping us out there. We'd really appreciate it. Okay, and next week, we're going to be coming out with episode 31 of the LGS podcast. We're looking forward to seeing you back then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.